You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. With host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I'm Dr. Cass Henry, and I'm thrilled to share another hour with you. It is basic human nature to want to have our children outlive us. As parents, we nurture and raise our children to lead happy, healthy lives. Part of that Part of this parenting process is to teach our children the value of education, sound fiscal behavior, and embracing safety at all times. When we send our children out into the world as young adults, we hope, pray, and wish that they thrive. Interwoven with this normal human nature is the young people's desire to be free and experiment with their newfound freedom. Testing the limits of one's freedom is healthy, as long as it does not put at risk the lives of self and others. Driving is one of those rite of passage events that can prove challenging at times. Learning to drive and being able to develop into a defensive driver is a life skill every child must master at some level in most countries. However, It is imperative to keep in mind the power and speed of automobiles. I remember learning to drive as a working adult. That is the case in most Asian countries. I approached automobiles as a necessary machine that allowed me to go from point B to point A or point A to point B. I had a healthy respect and fear for what it could do because I had by then seen many accidents resulting from numerous circumstances. When we teach our teenagers to drive as part of giving them life skills, we are also teaching them a healthy respect for the responsibility that comes with being behind the wheel. Are we doing that in a way that they understand their responsibility? Are we teaching them how lives can change in the blink of an eye? Are we teaching them how precious each one of them are to us and how much we value their well-being? Are we teaching them fun cannot come at the expense of safety? James Dean famously said, take it easy driving. The life you save may be mine. To help me with this very important life-related dialogue on this episode, Valuing Lives, Guide to Teen Driving is Alan Santana. Alan is the president and founder of No Teen Riders, Inc., a nonprofit organization created to educate teen drivers and their families by providing practical information, perspective measures, and compliance standards to reduce and eliminate teen vehicular deaths. Alan is a multi-talented boxing and MMA commentator speaker and serial entrepreneur presiding as the North American coordinator and supervisor for the American Boxing Organization. This California native is one of the most experienced and knowledgeable experts of our time. 
He has held the position of executive board member with the World Boxing Hall of Fame, international boxing judge, and his appointment to these positions have led to an array of opportunities in the boxing world. Alan, I extend a very warm welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Henry. How are you doing today? I am doing great. It is such an honor to have you on the show. And as I was preparing for the show, it occurred to me that I am one of those folks who are so fortunate to know you at a personal level because I am on the board for your not-for-profit and I see you at a very basic human level. I see you as a warm, caring, nurturing dad who not only cares about his kids, but everybody's kids. I see you as a loving husband. I see you as a loyal friend who's trying to make a difference in the world we live in. And so here is the question that comes to my mind. Having that very masculine boxing business kind of experience, here you are running a not-for-profit that is so nurturing and caring. So it's almost like you're bringing your yin and yang together to make something positive happen. Can you help educate our listeners as to what motivated you and inspired you to get into this space and make a difference in saving lives? Sure. You know, um, first of all, thank you for having me on. I'm very honored to be on the show, and I'm glad that uh, you allowed me to get my message out. Um, oh, it's a pleasure. You know, when I, found, when I founded No Teen Writers, I had had uh, an experience within our own family. One of my nephews was killed back in Kentucky. Now, this was many, many years ago. He was I'm 16 so years old, mm-hmm. driving uh, on a late or early Saturday morning, I should say, with a couple of his friends in the car, he lost control of the car, flipped it over. All three of them got killed. Um, that was tragic. Horrible. And my father had received a phone call early that morning, and then he then called me in return. And I, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm getting a phone call from my father saying, hey, your cousin was just killed back in Kentucky in a car accident. Can you call, can you call his mom? So I had to make the phone call early the next morning, and that was one of the hardest calls that I had, have ever had to make. Telling oh her God, that her yes. son was killed. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. So, yeah, no, it was it was tragic. So mm-hmm. that stood in the back of my mind, and I, you know, and then a couple of years later, there was two tragic accidents in Irvine, California, involving high school students from Irvine, California, where five kids had gotten in one of the accidents. They got killed. All of them got killed. The, this particular driver was driving down MacArthur Boulevard. And I guess he didn't know the street too well, wrapped his car, a BMW, around a tree. Wow. And all these kids got killed. So it was kind of at that point I knew that something had to be done. And mm-hmm. so after dinner one night, um, again, we were at dinner. My friends, uh, with some friends of ours, the Huntington Beach police had called uh, on the cell phone, my friend's mom on the cell phone, and um, said, hey, we have your daughter pulled over here, and she, you know, she has a provisional driver's license. And she had four or five kids in the car with her. Boy, you know, thank goodness nothing happened. Uh, they let them all go home after the parents came and picked everybody up. Well, needless to say, our friends were very upset with that. And that's when I went home that night. I drew up the logo that you see. I come up with the frame mm-hmm. idea and then submitted it to my partner who finished, kind of cleaned everything up for me. And that's how this was born. Wow. So truly life experiences and tragedies of teens around you. And that kind of experience changes us for life, right? Because nobody wants to see young kids in this situation. 
No, it, uh, you know, you're right. It, it changes lives. It destroys, actually, I say it destroys lives because, you know, you know, you, now you've lost a, a loved one and, it's, you know, God forbid that be one of our kids, you know. And, I know, and I, I know. That, and no parent wants to outlive their children, right? It, it is no, every one no. of our wishes that our children outlive us. That's true. You know, I think that you, you never want to see your kids go before you. So, again, you know, you talk about the tragic side of this. If God forbid kids are killed, you know, they get killed when they're out breaking the law and riding with their friends in the car. But then on top of that, now you have response, the financial responsibilities that go along with that. Now, you know, you're looking at major lawsuits. You're looking at trauma. You're looking at just an array of problems after that. And this, mm-hmm. this is something that, you know, I, I definitely saw a need to try to do something to change that. You know, and it sounds so cliche. Mm-hmm. I say, hey, if we could save one teenager's life a day, you know, just one, we've done our job. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. And you definitely see the value of what you're doing from the perspective of a father and a parent. And yet so many parents today use the keys to the car as an incentive for kids to go out there and take their drop their other younger siblings off for practice classes because parents feel like when the oldest child is ready to drive, the parents just earn their freedom. (laughs) What? And I have seen that happen over and over again. Um, I have too many coworkers who dangle the key in front of the kid and say, you want this key, then do what I tell you. And so if they do what the parents tell you, then the oldest child gets the car and then they take all the other kids around. And that is even more dangerous, putting all the kids in the family in one car with a teenager driving. What message do you have or advice do you have for those parents to start thinking about children learning to drive a little differently than their own freedom? Um, That's a good question. I think that, first of all, that's the worst thing you could do as a parent is dangle keys in front of your child. And, you know, and I understand that, you know, because most of when the kids are growing up, his parents, you know, we're driving them to school nowadays. It wasn't like when we were in school, you know, we walked to school, we took a mm-hmm. bus and we got to school. Uh, nowadays, I see many, many parents driving their kids to school. And, you know, and, and if you have three or four kids, think about that. That's that's many years you're doing this. So oh, yes. once the older kid, the older child gets, you know, is, is of age and he has a license, he or she now has a license. The parents think, oh, I don't, that, I don't have to have, you know, this one less responsibility I have. Let's put it off onto the oldest, uh, you know, sibling. Mm-hmm. And that creates problems in itself. You know, and again, I, I've heard of tragic accidents where, a whole ki- where kids have all gotten wiped out, brothers and sisters being in a car. Yes. That uh-huh. is not a good thing. So, you know, uh, the parents really need to take this serious and stop and think before they do that and say, you know, hey, I'm handing you the keys. This is literally a killing machine. You know, it's a two-ton yes. killing machine in many cases. Uh-huh. So they they have to stop and think about what they're doing. You know, they have to think of, stop and think about the consequences that they might have to face again if their child is in an accident and then carrying their siblings or their friends. Yes, yes, and that that is one of those things that truly truly disturbs me. And I don't have kids. I talk about all our children as if I have fifty children, but I have never had my own kids. But as an educator, I approach all my students as my, you know, as my mine, because I have a responsibility towards them. And sometimes parents don't like to hear a point of view from folks who don't have kids. That, that is true. <laughs> I think that, you know, again, you know, uh, just because you don't have kids doesn't mean that you can't give advice. Sometimes mm-hmm. that might even be better advice uh, because, 
a lot of times when parent again when you when you're a parent and you have kids you're so busy trying to raise those kids and provide for them that you kind of lose sight sometimes and I, you know mm-hmm. I see that and that's not that's I'm not putting any of the parents down but you got to you really have yeah. to think you know about what you're doing I know and sometimes it's hard because almost 51% of our households are single parent households and most of them are mothers they're juggling jobs they're juggling kids and it's impossible for them to do everything. And so we may not have an opportunity to finish this line of conversation, but we'll get it started before we go to break. What can the single parents do when they're in a situation where they have multiple children and they're juggling two jobs and they have to be in places and they were hoping for the oldest child to start driving, but what can others around them do? Can we do carpooling to help one another? How can the community come together to make up for that exposure instead of letting the oldest teenager drive everybody else around? Well, you know, today in today's world, we have Lyft and we have Uber. That's true. So That's true. That, uh, that helps. And, it, you know, it's, it's very inexpensive to get your have your child go from point A to point B now with you, with, uh, with these uh, services out there. So that's one thing you can do. That'll definitely help out. You know, you might have to invest a few dollars in that, but it's well worth it. So that's one of the things I would say. You know, the other thing you talk about ride sharing programs, um, maybe the parents can get together, form some type of a group within their community and start ride share programs. That's, you know, it's a very good idea. Um, and, you know, they, yes, you have to put some thought into that, but again, it's better to do something like that and then to have uh, your child not on not in the face of this earth again because of something tragic. I know, I know. And children get distracted so easily. And when you put all your children in one car and if one has a temper tantrum, everything can go off the rails, right? <laughs> yes, it can. You know, again, it's, again I'm gonna, and I always, I'm going to go back to when we grew up driving. You know, when we were in the car, you had uh, AM, FM radio, if you were lucky, or an 8-track player. We didn't have cell phones. Um, yes. you know, and then we, we were able to, you know, we had driver's training programs back in the day also. That was another thing. You had to take a driver's training class in high school before you could even get your permit. Once you yes. went through all the, you know, those, the process, then you, you got your driver's license and you were able to drive. Again, it's a different world we live in today because now you have cell phones. You have um, the radio, you have friends in the, you know, kids in the car are your friends with you and they're being loud and obnoxious a lot of times. You got to oh, remember yes. they're teenagers. And yes, yes. teenagers at that age, again, thinking back when I was young, I thought I was invincible. And that's basically what it is. They think you're, you know, you're young, you're invincible, nothing's going to happen to you, but things do happen. I know, I know. And our goal is to then prevent that from happening. And let's go to our first break, come back and pick this conversation up, Ellen. <laughs> Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. 
Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us on the episode, Valuing Lives, Guide to Teen Driving. Having this very, very interesting and life-affirming conversation is Alan Santana. Alan, um, as we bring the second um, segment back on air, I want us to take a moment and talk about how the organization No Teen Writers is helping develop responsible young drivers. What is it that you are doing differently and how are you reaching the young people? You know, when I, again, when I started this venture, I had not, not too many naysayers, but I, you know, a lot of people said, oh, you're going to have a hard time getting teenagers involved with this program because you're basically telling them that they can't do something. So I, you know, I had to take a step back and see how, you know, we wanted to do something because to try to make it the uh, the cool factor. So one of the things Uh we're doing and we're still working on this right now is creating an ambassador program within the high schools Uh and we'll have uh, students get involved with us and kind of put the word out, you know, as well as the parents, because it's the parents that have to ultimately make the decision, hey, I'm going to put this frame on the back of the car. But then it's the kids that have to, you know, I guess gravitate towards that and say, "Hey, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to I'm going to cooperate with my parents, and I'm going to I'm, I'm going to obey the law, and do this for that one year period." That is that is interesting that you looked at it from the teenagers' perspective and what is going to get them motivated. How do you get the parents to get motivated to bring the kids along? If, do the kids bring the parents along, or do the parents bring the kids along? You know, I was I was down in North, Northern California at one of the high schools, and we had about three hundred parents there and kids. Mm-hmm. And it and and we I I started talking about you know I did my presentation, and then once we were done, we had a question and answer session, and it was very interesting because you're, you're in a community here in Northern California that was very uh, I would say Hispanic for the most part. Mm-hmm. And the kids, the, the, the kids in the school, had, they had actually tried to pull 
won over on the parents because the parents didn't uh-huh. really understand the laws of driving. So some of these kids were driving without even having a, uh, a permit. So wow. after we were done, we had a, we had a question, and answer, question and answer session, and parents were asking me about, well, how do we get the permit? And I said, look, I can tell you, go to the DMV or you, you pay to have your child in a, in a driver's training course. I go, that's how you'll get the permit. I said, they still have to take a test and then pass that test. So, again, it's, it, it's you know, some of the kids don't like this. I'd say I, I, maybe 75, 80% of the kids won't like this program because mm-hmm. it's pointing them out. It's just saying, look, I'm a provisional driver. And you, when you see that frame on the car, you're now going to give that, that particular driver some space. If the law enforcement officers see that, that particular driver, that provisional with a provisional license with kids in the car and they have that frame on the car and the bumper sticker well guess what they're going to get pulled over now because they know that yes. the law is being broke so mm-hmm. there's again you know we're looking for incentives one of the things we have talked about as you know on our in our board meetings mm-hmm. and how can we get um parents to get involved or make them excited about this as well as their their the kids and the way to do that is have discounts from the insurance companies say hey we're going to give you a 10 percent discount for enrolling in the program or putting a frame on your car. And then for the teenage drivers, say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to give you movie passes or a night of bowling or something. So, we, you know, mm-hmm. you, you want to make it, uh, there is some, an incentive to do this. That's true. Because teenagers are the most actuarially risky group to get insurance. And if that yes, group can are. be stratified into the safety-conscious, responsible kids who are not going to have others distracting them while they're driving, then they become less actually risky within that teenage pool, right? So That's true. And so that, that truly is an incentive. Plus, it also shows the importance of the value of life through the pocketbook, right? So parents That's relate true. to the pocketbook. <laughs> That's true. You know, you know, you, you're not having kids. You never had to go through that experience. But when I had the four, my four, our four kids were driving. Our insurance mm-hmm. rates went through the roof. And right now, the youngest, our youngest son's still driving on our insurance, and he's 19, and you know, he's in college. But mine, just to have him on the policy, it almost let's say doubled the the cost of the policy. So uh-huh. it might have been the money for insurance. So to offer that discount you know, through one of the major insurance companies to a parent whose child is enrolled in this program or they have that frame on their car, that's huge. You know, say they're going to save money. So that that's an incentive in itself just to do that to save a few dollars. I know, I know. And the unseen benefit is that the children are safe. I mean, to me, that is priceless. Yes, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So you also, uh, through this program, get involved with schools. Can you... Try and talk about how schools can get engaged in this program, how uh, uh, dr- safety driving and the dri- driving uh, school, uh, because as part of the curriculum, schools and community colleges are teaching driving too. So can these schools reach out and engage in this program and through the academic process, get young people introduced to the habit of safety? To me, it's habit forming, right? If you learn something that it is safe, then it sticks with you. It will stick with you. Uh, it, re- real quick, before I do answer that question, when you talk about how habit, how a habit thing, you know, for you form habits, I went to uh, an exclusive, I guess you could say, driving course right before mm-hmm. Christmas, and they, the instructor had a professional race car driver with me in the car. 
and he showed me, you know, how you how you put your hands in the nine o'clock position, the three o'clock position, and there are certain things that we did, and that has stuck with me since December. So now, when I drive, and, I, and I've always been a very cautious driver, I've had commercial licenses, so I understand, you know, the rules of driving on the road. But I was very now I'm very cognizant of where I should hold my hands on the steering wheel when I, when I drive mm-hmm. again. You know, you talk about the the programs in high schools. Not too many here in California, for example. All of the driver's training classes are gone. So one oh. of the ways, yeah, they, they've been gone for years because they don't have the funding. So one, okay. of the, one of the ways that we were looking at this also to get driving schools involved, and as you know, Robert Stahl is on our board, who's one of the has one of the biggest driving schools in California who actually yes. uh-huh. works with celebrity uh, children. So he's mm-hmm. connected with all the celebrities and teaches their kids how to drive. But... We've discussed taking this program into the actual driving schools itself and giving them the frames and giving them the information that they need to educate and, and train, you know, the, um, these drivers, these young drivers on the rules of the road. And once they finish up the course, they would then, we would then say, hey, put one of the frames on the back of the car so they, you know, that shows that they've went through the course and they're successful and now they're going to obey the laws because they have the frame on their car. Oh, that makes total sense. Now, in Illinois, our uh, schools and community colleges still have the classes. That's where most people learn to drive. We're we're lucky. We're lucky that one way or the other, the community has found a way to fund it. That's very, very lucky because, again, those programs have been taken out of the schools here in California. Not not just here in California, but quite a few other states no longer have driving uh, education in the schools. So... Either the only way these kids are going to learn properly is you have to pay to send them to a driving school and have private lessons, or they just, you know, you get behind the wheel, you, you take them as a parent, and you teach them how to drive. Now, that's very nerve-wracking. You know, oh, having yes. four, four kids, I didn't want to teach my kids how to drive, and my wife was so upset with me because I wouldn't allow our kids to drive until they were 18 years old, and I did that for a reason. Oh, I don't blame you. I come from a part of society where we don't learn to drive until we've made enough money to buy our own car. <laughs> right? So the wow. longer you wait, the more realistic your fears are. It's like learning to swim when you're 30, right? It's like you know <laughs> all the true. bones you can break. So it's like learning to skate, learning to drive, learning to swim all after 25 because you have to save money to get your car and learn to do other things. Oh, my God, the fear of God of maturity, right? <laughs> and when you're true. a teenager, you're truly invincible because, you know, nothing is going to happen to me. So that, and that's, again, that's so, you know, that's what everybody thinks. And, and as you get older, you start to, you, maybe you start to realize, hey, I'm not as invincible as I thought I was. You know, especially yes. when you're in your 50s and life looks a whole lot, uh, is a lot more precious to you. And you, 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 you get up and you live every day, to, you know, to the, the, the best that you can. So I, I understand that again, you know, just uh, hopefully, you know, you're, you're fortunate you said you have driving schools or the driving classes still in the schools in Chicago. That's amazing, you know, and um, because, like I said, in most parts of the country, those programs are no longer available. So, like I said, you have I to know. teach your kids to drive, and I wasn't one to do that, so my wife hired a private instructor, and all the kids went through, through driver's training be a private instructor. That's actually good. I think it's always hard. I have this theory that it's hard to teach our own family, whether it's spouses or kids, right? <laughs> that is true because you, t- you tend to get a little upset at them. And, you know, I don't know why yes. we do that as a, as a parent or spouse, but we do that. 
and you do get upset with them. So I, yeah. again, I, I'd rather not go down that road. And it was much easier for me to pay or for us to pay to have mm-hmm. somebody come in and teach them how to drive. Now, in climates like Chicago, where we have driving in the summer, very much like driving in California, driving in winter is a whole different skill that even most adults don't master in their entire adult life. And so so that makes it more complicated, right? You learn to drive in the summer, you think you can drive, and then you get behind the wheel and you have a sheet of ice or black ice that you don't even see, and then life can just flash in front of your eyes in a heartbeat. That is, uh, that's not a good experience. And it's funny because even when it rains here in California, people don't know how to drive in the rain. And I, yeah. I experienced driving in the snow about two weeks ago. I went to go pick my son up from Oregon and you know bring him back home from college. And uh-huh. we had to go up uh, through the mountains in the 101, hi- Highway 101, and it was snowing as we were driving. And it started getting worse. It was like a snow flurry. And I was literally, uh, you know, I was, we were fine, but it was, it's an experience to drive in snow. Now I could not, un, I could not relate to a place like Chicago where you get these heavy snowstorms and then you try to drive on those roads. It's, it's got to be impossible. Oh God, yes. You start spinning, you don't have com- control of the car and all of a sudden you're past the median line on the other side where everything is coming at you. It, I mean, it is scary for adults and experienced drivers. And then on the highways, you have trucks, right? And one of the conversations I want to have when we come back from our second break is, as you go further east, my first drive on a highway with my husband from uh, Chicago to Pennsylvania, the minute we hit Indiana, you can have two containers in a truck. The minute you hit Ohio and Pennsylvania, they can have up to three containers in a truck. And once wow. you get to the Appalachian Mountains, they have these upward ramps on mountains for runaway trucks. I'm like, if the trucks go up there to stop themselves, they're on the road right with me. That is a <laughs> scary feeling, and they have three containers hooked up. That is pretty dangerous. <laughs> Wouldn't yes. want to be on the road with a truck with three containers, two, or even two containers for that matter. Very yeah. sounds very dangerous. Yes, and if one of them are runaway, God help everybody, teenagers or otherwise, right? So as you say, being careful and proactive and protecting our children becomes that much more important with all kinds of vehicles on the highway. Yes, it does. It, it truly does become that much more important because, again, you, as a teenager, you do not have the experience that a 25 or a 30-year-old has. So it's yes. just, you know, if you're in a situation and you don't know how to react, you're just looking for problems. I know. The first time I saw that, I pulled over and told my husband, my driving days are over. He still doesn't <laughs> let me forget it. I think I was on the highway for like five minutes, all of it. Oh, boy. That's, it's, 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 it's interesting. Sometimes you, you feel better, you'd feel better off going on a horse. <laughs> you know? I know. I know. I so let's go sometimes. to break and come back and pick this conversation up, Alan. Okay. Thank you. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees 
care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us on the episode valuing lives guide to teen driving alan i have this memory of a, a former co-worker who was working with us on a financial close i'm in the finance profession and her family's headed out to their uh, family rural community country home and she was going to meet them saturday morning and late Friday evening, as we were wrapping up our international books for clothes, we get a message saying her entire family got in a car crash. A teen driver who was texting while driving crossed over a median and killed an entire three generations of a family. This woman's parents, her husband, her kids. And wow. I will never, ever forget that day. It sticks with me every time I'm behind the wheel. What can we do to help young people understand and remember that certain things behind the wheel is not healthy, especially on rural open roads where they think nobody is coming and you don't have much reaction time? Well, I think when you're, you know, when you're, first of all, when you're on a rural road like that, you start driving a little bit faster for some reason. You, know, you can mm-hmm. you'll get the car up to 70, 80, 90 miles an hour, and sometimes even 100 miles an hour. So because you don't have really, there's no cars. A lot of times there's not too many cars on the road. So uh-huh. it makes it kind of hard to, to figure out the, your, your perception on how fast you're driving, you know. Yes. I think that one of the things that we, you know, again, you hear this all the time, teenagers driving and texting. It's one of the biggest no-nos when you're in a car that, that you could do as a teenager because, again, you don't have the experience behind the wheel, and now you're trying to text while you're driving. 
you, you all you know all too often you hear of teenagers uh, again in tragic accidents that are killed while while texting and driving. So all we can do is try to reiterate to these teenagers is look don't you know don't do this. It's it's not safe and it's actually very dangerous because your your reaction time is just a split in a split second. You know mm-hmm. if you're not paying attention, you, you it could be the end of your life or somebody else's life. Somebody else's. In this case, the teenager lived. But the teenager had to deal with the fact that she just killed three generation of family members, and that is not an easy thing to live with. No, how you know how do you uh, how do you, how, how do you live with? I mean, how could you live with that yeah. knowing that because you did something? I want to say it's stupid while driving that you killed a whole yeah. family. You know, like you said, three generations of one family. That's tragic. That is terrible. And I I don't know how I could live with myself. You know, because I, I do have a conscience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I. It, again, you don't, you don't want you don't want to see those things happen, but they, uh, repeated, it's re, repeatedly it's happening more and more. And I think there's also today there's just more and more people on the roads than there were you know 30, 40 years ago, even 10 years ago. Our population's booming, and just here in, for example, in California, we have tw- I think 12 to 13 million people just in the in the in the city of LA. So think of how many cars are on the road. I know. And now we have driverless cars. So what do you think driverless cars will do in the mix? Are they more safer? I'm not a fan of driverless cars. Here's, here's, here's my answer to that one. I was just say if somebody hacks into that car's computer, guess what? You're in trouble. Yes. So I don't, I don't think they're very safe. I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be safe in a driverless car. I, I I'm one of those type of people that I have to drive. I have to kind of be in control when I'm driving. I want to drive. I, I really don't trust anybody else when they drive. And, you know, you're basically putting your life in someone else's hands. I couldn't imagine getting in a driverless car and, and expecting that car to get me to where I have to be safely. It's funny you bring up the question of somebody hacking in. We are living at an age where cybercrime is everywhere, Right. Governmental agencies are getting hacked. Businesses are getting hacked. Individual people are getting hacked. People's uh, devices, smartphones are getting hacked. And hacking is a business. Somebody is making a ton of money. And if we have driverless cars, based on what you just said, I can imagine a time where you don't even need to be behind a vehicle to do something harmful to a community. You just hack into all the cars around and then have those cars do your deed and you're not even on the soil you're not going to get caught nobody knows because you're bouncing off signals that is true so that that seems so easy to do like you said with all the hackers it's a, that's a whole different world but the, with technology i don't think it would be too hard to hack into the computer of a car or, or, or driverless cars because there's going to be more more than one driver's car on the road and yeah. that that to me, I don't. Again, I don't know how they could even allow those cars to be on the road. How they, we could even sign off on that? To me, that's just a disaster waiting to happen. Period. So I know you are writing a book and you are getting ready to promote it. Can you give us some insight as to what that book is going to be about and how is that going to relate to some of these concepts that we are trying to accomplish through No Teen Writers? Well. Actually, I've, um, I've already published my first book, and okay. I'm writing a second book right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The the first book, actually, I wrote it. Uh, it was it just came out in February. It's now available on Amazon or even on my website or various places on the internet or even Barnes and Noble. You can purchase the book. But that okay. that book, 
goes back to my boxing career, but okay. it's also an edu- it's an educational book because you know to me, I, I, education is very important, especially to our younger generation. So I wrote that book from the perspective of being a professional fighter. But what I did inside of the book is I, I wanted to educate athletes again, not just boxers, but th- this again crosses all genres. It's for uh, high school kids, it's for adults, but I wanted to talk about or teach them, I should say, about, um, you know, what a role, manager's role is, what a promoter's role is, be it, you know, again, a manager in baseball, a manager in boxing. And then I, mm-hmm. I talk about how to open a bank account, how to dress, how to incorporate yourself as a business or as an entity. And all, all again, all the things that they don't teach you, you you're not taught a lot of that. Because, you know, a lot of that's through life experiences. And mm-hmm. I got to a point where I saw so many different professional athletes just going broke that I thought, yes. why don't I put something down in writing and, and try to educate these uh, athletes and, and people in general? Yes, we do not seem to do enough of that because when I am, I am teaching graduate school for public safety professionals and military. Now, these are men who are over 35, who are fathers of families. Sometimes they're in their 50s. They do not understand basic economics. They've been never exposed to basic finance, how to even structure your finances, your banking, how to manage between a second checking account and a savings account. A lot of people grow up without knowing any of that. No, it's uh, it's amazing how you're, you're exactly right. How many people don't know that they don't know how to write a check. They don't know how to keep a balance mm-hmm. in, you know, on a ledger. It's, mm-hmm. it, and that's your expertise there because of what you do. But I, you know, I'm amazed at how many people I have friends, certain friends that they don't know how to do that kind of stuff. So it just blows me away that, you wouldn't know how to write a check or even how to keep a balance on a, in a checkbook or, or even how to open a bank account for that matter. So that's, again, I, I wrote that with, you know, from that perspective as an ex-professional boxer, but also I wanted, like I said, wanted to educate uh, young, younger adults or young, young teenagers or young kids when they decided, you know, if that's the path they want to go into, you know, in, into mm-hmm. sports, I wanted to help them. One of the other things that I'm very uh, excited about and passionate mm-hmm. about is I am the ambassador, the reading ambassador for a program called Read 60. And okay. I, I was approached by the publishing company and asked if I would um, like to get involved with that program. So I said, I, I went through and I looked at the topics they had and I chose mm-hmm. basically uh, four topics. One was education, which which is up there. And then we, uh, the other topics are drugs. The other topics, bullying and then gangs. And I wow. thought those were very important because, you know, uh-huh. a lot of the inner cities have a lot of those problems today. Yes. So, uh-huh. And they're all related. They, yes, they are. So they, they published the books with my picture on the on the cover of the book, almost like in a cartoon character. It says, read okay. with Alan Santana. So you open the book up and it has each one of these topics in different chapters. So that book I'm excited about because I'm taking that into elementary schools across the country. Oh, that's and beautiful. again, teaching kids, elementary school kids how to read. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what's what's striking to me is you came up in the world through boxing. And I remember yeah. as a child, I will never forget when I was seven or eight years old back in Sri Lanka, my classmate's dad, who was a medical doctor, took my classmate and I to see the movie Champ. I okay. cried my heart out in that movie. I was so heartbroken because of the end of the movie. 
And I have refused to look at anything boxing because it terrified me. <laughs> and that entire movie plays in my mind's eye. And I'm almost 50 now, right? So all these right. years I've carried that emotion and that image. It was such a well-done movie. And to me, boxing was champ, right? Everything that movie represented. And here it, you it, are it coming is. out of that profession focused on saving lives. I am, um, you know, I've always been, I, I was fortunate. I didn't grow up, you know, on, on well, we, as a kid on rough streets or, you know, my father was a contractor. So we, we, we were brought up and we lived, we lived a good life as kids. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we got to travel. We got to do a lot of things as, as children with our parents. And my father was a very hardworking man. My father was also a professional boxer. And so as a young kid, I got bullied. I was bullied as a kid. And I came home one day and said, Dad, I want you to teach me how to defend myself. And unbeknownst to me, my father being a professional fighter, he, you know, he gravitated toward that, towards that right away and went out and bought me some boxing gloves and a heavy bag. And I learned how to defend myself at about nine, eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, I just kind of fell in love with the sport. I, I, looked at, I look at boxing as a chess match. Okay. It truly is a chess match, and it's a think it's a thinking sport. You know, most people that don't understand the sport think, oh, two guys just put gloves on, they go in there and try to beat the heck out of one another. But That's what I thought, reality, right? <laughs> yeah. The, the reality is, uh, you know, I, I was a thinking fighter. You know, I, I tried mm-hmm. to outmaneuver you, outthink you. It's like, it's like a chess match again. And, and, and you know, in, this, in that particular sport, it is a brutal sport. And, you know, the movie Champ, and there's other movies, Rocky, and mm-hmm. the, the um, you know, there, there are, again, countless movies that have portrayed, uh, you know, famous fighters or fictional fighters throughout history. And they're pretty spot on because they taught, you know, boxing, you basically come from the mean streets. And a lot of times you're trying to fight your way out of a rough neighborhood or, or fight your mm-hmm. way into a, a different economic position, believe, economic position, believe it or not. Yes, that's an interesting insight. And with that, we're going to go for our final break. Come back and uh, we will continue this conversation, Alan. your better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed if you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker look no further than dr cass henry cass is available to speak to your company she also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops these seminars can integrate learning and development customer service processes and financial growth positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. 
plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us in the final segment of Valuing Lives, Guide to Teen Driving. Alan, I know you and I have been talking about your latest debut in another uh, film-related role. Uh, Why don't you give us some background as to what that role is about and what we can expect to see? Yeah, actually, it's it's uh, one of my guess things that put on my bucket list was to I, I'd always wanted to be an actor. I loved acting even as a uh-huh. kid. So I, I was a kid actor, but then I got away from it because I was so busy boxing and then running my business as I got older. So uh-huh. you know, now that I'm in my fifties, I say, you know what? Let's maybe pursue the acting career again. Plus, you know, with all the other things I got going on, why not? <laughs> so I. I about seven, eight months ago, I was I, I got my first uh, film role, and I, I played a um, um, oh, uh, almost it's like a lawyer, I guess you could okay. call it. And so, in that particular movie, and and then uh, just a couple of days ago, I got a call, talked to one of the movie directors that's filming a new movie in here in Los Angeles, and it just happens to be right down my alley. It's a boxing movie. I don't know the oh, title wow. of it yet, but I. I yeah, I will be playing the the actual ring announcer, which is easy for me to do because of being in the fight game. So I know, uh, I know. So you so do this for fun. a living, so it's easy, comes natural. Right. So that should be pretty easy. The only thing that'll be different is I'm going to have to speak Spanish because these particular scenes will take place uh, in Mexico. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, so they asked me to roll off a few lines in Spanish uh, as a, as an announcer, so I did that. And they're going, "You got the part. You're good." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're lucky you're bilingual, right? Uh, somewhat. I, I need to be a little more bilingual. But, yeah, I, I am bilingual enough to be able to get by and under, I understand Spanish fluently. So, And I, I, I can speak it fairly fluently, but I've been telling my wife for a, a, the last couple of years I need to really brush up on my Spanish. So I, I might start driving around with one of those tapes in my car where I can learn how to, to speak a little bit better. There you go. Those Rosetta Stone. There are lots there of go. different. <laughs> Babel is one. That teaches you how to speak. So that's true. So as as we think about no teen writers and how we want to help young people start thinking about their own safety, what advice do you have for teenagers and people who are in the lives of teenagers? If people haven't heard anything so far and they're just tuning in, what would be that very important nugget of advice you would have? I think the most important advice that I could give any parent out there 
is before you allow your child to drive, I don't care if they're 14 or they're even 20, please get them uh, driver's training courses via private school or even if it's in public school, make sure that you do that and that they that they're they understand what they're what they're getting uh involved with and get behind the wheel of a car before you hand them those keys because you know god forbid that we have to hear of another tragedy happen because a parent failed to do their job and i'm going to put it on the parents the parent failed to do their job so that mm-hmm. that would be the advice that i would give them please educate your teenager about the rules of driving go to walk around the car with them inspect the car Teach them, you know, about the the tire pressure. Teach them how to change oil. Teach them what to do in case you break down on a, on a road somewhere. Because again, those are situations that when it happens, if you're not prepared for it, you don't know what to do. I know. So you, and, you, you have to be yeah. educated. That that is such valuable advice. And as adults and parents listening to this, and they are moved by the cause of No Teen Writers. What is the best way for people to get involved and engaged if they want to donate, if they want to volunteer in any form or fashion? What is the best way people can get connected and engaged? Well, I would tell them to go to our website. They can go to www.noteenwriters.org, and there they can sign up and get involved with our program, or they can, you know, they can either donate money to our cause. They can even take it to the PTA in their local high school. There, there's a lot of ways to get involved, but that would be the, the quickest way. Go to our website, sign up, you know, enroll your school there. You know, you can contact me there via phone number or an email, mm-hmm. and I will get back to you. And that, that's what I would, how I would advise them to get involved with us. Okay. And when we actually promote the show, we'll make sure that the website is available for everybody to reach out. And this has been such an invaluable conversation. I am sure our parents and listeners have received some much-needed value out of this conversation. And sometimes, even if you're aware, just talking about it brings it front and center. So I am so, so happy that we had this conversation, Alan. I can't believe we're almost at the end of our time. Thank you so much for coming and engaging in this conversation. But I also don't want this to be the one and only time we have this conversation. I think this is a conversation we need to continue to have. So I am wondering if you would be open to coming back on the show and continuing this conversation. I would love to come back on the show and just pick up the conversation kind of where we left it off. That would be uh, great for us because it just shows, you know, that again, we're doing something positive in the community and we're doing something to help change teenagers' lives and parents' lives. And again, I thank you for taking the time to have me on your program, and I look forward to coming back, Dr. Henry. Thank you so very much, Alan. It's been an honor and a pleasure to both serve with you for the organization as well as having you on the show. Keep doing the wonderful work you're doing. Thank you. And to our audience, this show is all about our shared journey and staying true to this goal. I will continue to bring content that helps everyone transform ourselves and the communities we live in. Please share our conversation with others and help spread the positive impacts. I'm also very keen on hearing from you. Please send me your thoughts as well as ideas for future shows. And if you want to participate and engage in a conversation or you want to be part of the dialogue, please do not hesitate to email me at drcasshenry at hotmail.com. That is D-R-K-A-S-H-E-N-R-Y at hotmail.com. I want to leave each and every one of you with a thought on safe driving. Taking a page from Tommy Lasarna.
remember that baseball and driving have a lot in common. It only counts when you get home safe. We can help each other and ensure that all our children are safe and they all come home safe. Part of our goal in this show is to continue the dialogue of transformation and help one another in our journey of shared prosperity. So as you continue on your daily, weekly routine and continue on your own self-empowerment journey, remember, every human interaction is an opportunity for our transformation. So go out there, transform lives, and while you're at it, don't forget to start with your own. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then.